Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Welcome back to Crosstalk. We're jumping back into our series on church history. And as we do that this week, um, I thought it'd be good to kind of explain before going further um, that our discussion is giving an overview and and we're highlighting church history. Um, This is not exhaustive in what we're doing. Right. And hopefully, and we talked about that before we came on, um, but hopefully we encourage you to do further study. Um, that builds your perspective so that you want to do right. further study and, and in the concept of how God has worked over time. And we do, however, want to give you perspective and hopefully build an appetite for studying further. <laughs> Is it really? It's a good, yeah, at least some yeah. good reading. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me mention the two books we mentioned before. One, one was Church History Made Easy by Timothy Jones, and the other was uh, Sketches from Church History uh, by a fellow by the name of Houghton. Uh, so... Those two are pretty brief, but they they will expand on what we say and give a little gives a lot more help uh, if you want to read further. And they're not bogged down reading; they're pretty easy reading. Yeah, if you follow us on social media, I think we probably by this time I've already posted those and can find a link to where ah. to purchase those and get a hold of those. Um, but today we're going to talk about how we got from the biblical aspect of pastor being a pastor, or right. the biblical concept of pastor, well, pastor is, yeah. to the priestly function some 500 years later after Pentecost. So we're not going to be really moving into Catholicism and priesthood, not really going to be talking about that right now. We'll, well get there. The basic we'll touch on it. Elements, yeah. yeah. But really, kind of what happened over those last 500 years and how leadership changed and how we got from pastor to priest. And right. I think that's important in understanding church history because a lot grows out from that as we move in eventually into the Reformation right? and how that changed. It was but, all part of the evolution of the church absolutely. as we look at church today. This is simply about the pastorship and its leadership and how it changed, if you right. want to put it in, in simple concepts. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today. And let's just jump in. So we're talking about church history from pastor to priest. And the first thing we want to look at is, honestly, the biblical example – both historically and theologically, from the Bible, yeah. what a true church leader is, or what the leadership of the church should look like, or what yeah, does it smell like? Model? Yeah, what is the biblical model? Yeah, yeah that's a good what, way to put it. Does the, do we have a biblical model to look back and compare what we're going to see later, compare to? So what is the biblical example? Um, well, there, there are a couple of things we should notice about the whole idea of leadership in the church, local church leadership. Uh, the first is the biblical trust of leadership. And what we see is that leadership was primarily a trust that was entrusted to men who were – and leadership in the church was always male – and men who were of such a character, as is pointed out in Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3, that they could be entrusted with the leadership of the church. Even when we look at the apostles, we see this sense of trust, being entrusted mm. with the faith, the gospel, the truth. And so, and then you see uh, something happen at Titus and, and Timothy, uh, where Paul talks to them and says, so I left you, I think he says to Titus, he's talking about Crete, 
I left you there that you might set things in order mm-hmm. and uh, might ordain elders. So they, we have to see, first of all, that that biblical church leadership is a trust that is humbly stepped into and humbly taken upon. Them. Well, because even Peter talks about the idea of not lording over. Exactly. Um, and deals with, the, uh, really, the issue of how to deal with that if there's a problem with lordship, you right. know, in the sense of lording over someone. It is interesting. I'm, I'm studying, still studying through Timothy, and we'll be preaching on First uh, Timothy 3, 14 through 16. That right. whole idea of the pillar and ground or the pillar That's and That's right on the tail truth. end of that, right. those qualifications. But the whole point of, I was going to make is, is that there is this idea that they've been entrusted with leading the church in the direction that that passage is telling us to go. Right. Because it's speaking to the church there. Right. I mean, he is speaking to Timothy personally, but this is the whole reason we have all of this leadership. He's implementing all of this leadership of elder deacon because they are going to be the ones that hopefully push us in that direction, that keep us in that direction. Right. So all the more reason to talk about this. <laughs> exactly. So so that's the first aspect, Just and, and, and there are four words I want us to highlight, and maybe we should highlight one of them right here, and that's the idea of a servant leader. Yeah, and, and we see that even though the apostles had authority and Paul had authority, right? They didn't, they 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 didn't take their authority as a point of pride or position so much as a responsibility to the gospel, to the church, to Christ Himself. And so the, there's this servant aspect. Paul referred to himself as a bond slave of Christ, and so this whole idea of a trust. Well, I think we have to kind of go back to. Christ in the Gospels when the disciples themselves were bickering. I don't know if bickering. They were just kind of bantering back and forth about who's the greatest. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm the greatest, you know. Right. It's interesting that Jesus does not look at them and, and speak down to them about wanting a position or even wanting to be great. He never says, no, you don't want to worry about being great. You want to, you don't worry about position. No, he redefined greatness. He actually goes, okay, you want to be great? Then be servant of all. Learn, yeah, learn to be the least in God's kingdom. And so then now you see that played out among the disciples. And obviously Paul was not a part of the original 12, but you're seeing that same concept, uh, he, that same he attitude. He known that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They probably would have told him too. Yeah. Hey, this is yeah. what he told us. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is what know? Jesus told us right, about right. leading his kingdom, so, his church. Uh, welcome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, just remember, right. we're all servants here. Yeah. So that aspect comes out in that trust. But then – as we're looking at the model and example, the biblical example, we see the biblical terminology. Now, that's very important. I think so. It's, it's we get not, lost on it. It's across the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It goes from Acts to Titus to Peter. You know, and it's uh, the same terminology across the board. It is. There are three particular terms that are used with regards to church leadership or the ministry or pastoring, uh, eldership. It's, and the English words come out elder, shepherd, or pastor and overseer. So we see there is this aspect of leadership and even rulership. It's just that it's not rulership as the world looks at rulership. It's not dictatorship. It's not kingship. Once again, redefining the terms that we may know them. Exactly. If you if you look at Acts when Paul is saying his goodbye to the Ephesian elders, he uses two of those terms in – uh, almost synonymously. He interchanges the terms. This is not unusual. Paul does it there. Later when he's talking to Titus 
in chapter 1, verses 5 and 7, he again interchanges the terms, uh, giving them almost a, a, an equalness in weight. And uh, and then Peter, in particular, in First Peter five verses one and two, speaks of speaks to the elders as a fellow elder. Then he tells them to shepherd the church, the people of God. That's the word poimain, which from which we we translate pastor, a shepherd, pastor, pastoring and shepherding. And then he uses the the concept of. Um, of, that we translate bishop or overseer. He, and he uses them, he tells these elders to do these three things. In other words, this is, this is pastoral leadership. This is church leadership. This is New Testament church leadership. And so the terminology, the biblical terminology is important because they're used in an interchangeable way. Shepherd, rule, oversee, and that's all set in the context of what you just brought up about the apostles, how Paul expressed himself as a servant of the church and least of the apostles. And so this is important as we look at the biblical model. Well, and I think we have to go back to our own preconceived ideas. A lot of what we think about the issue of, of either pastor or now priest, as we can think of it in the more Catholic term, is developed over our hundred years last hundred years of, quote, biblical Christianity. Right. And it goes back to that, you know, cartoon where it was um, Lucy yeah, saying, yeah, you know, exactly. we have to go back yeah. when he was born in 1934, meaning her pastor. That's yeah. how far If we want to go back to the beginning, our pastor yeah. was born in 1930. <laughs> and I think, well, it's true because I think a lot of what we think of now as a pastor has been developed over just our short lifetime. And it was it's probably biblically much more than that. It is. And... You know, I I didn't mention Hebrews chapter thirteen. It's interesting that not only the terminology used, but the the responsibilities attributed right. to the pastorship or to the eldership, uh, because the writer of Hebrews encourages, even commands the people to submit to those who have the rule over them, and then he says they must give an account. So it's not that pastoral leadership, that elder leadership, is not leadership. It's strong, clear leadership. Right. It's even they're even called rulers, but there's an aspect to it that is not your typical worldly type leadership rulership. And yeah, we submit to them because we submit to the church, and they are the leaders of the church, and they give an account for our souls. But we can't, this this biblical model is not going to look like what we're going to see in just a moment. Okay, so we've talked about the biblical example, both historically and theologically, what that looks like. We've touched on it. It's is no sense exhaustive. But how did that change over the last 500 years? Because we're talking about going from pastor to priest. So You mean the first 500 years? I'm sorry, first 500 years. Um Meaning from the point of Pentecost till 500 years later. So we have – what is the historical evolution of this change? Well, one thing that happened, and we don't know – it happened – we talked about this last time. We talked about – I mean, I think it was time before last when we began. We talked about how gradually the church changed. And this is one of those things. One of the things that happened is so that almost um, imperceptible at times. At times imperceptible and and gradual and – um, you know, when Peter, when when Jesus talked to Peter and the apostles, he seemed to talk directly to Peter when because Peter said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And he said, "And you're Peter." Word Peter means little stone, 
and upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church, big rock, slab of rock. I believe he's pointing back to himself. He's referring to himself. Upon this rock, I will right. build my church. Two different words. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. There came an idea that that Peter was the rock that the church right. was built on, and that um, and that he was given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, he was the first pope. We're not going to get to. We're just going to barely get to. We're the not going to get into papalship. <laughs> no, we're just going to barely get. To pope <laughs> we'll get that thing. later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that that somehow got into the thinking not not I don't think in the first century we don't see that biblically right but what we do see is later this concept becomes part of the thinking when it comes to church leadership and was it Ecclesi- after Constantine I'm sorry was it after Constantine no it was before that okay. Constantine comes along somewhere around um 300 and uh, it was uh and it was already developing this idea of uh, at, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But, so, so what happened? I, why did this happen? You know, there was um, – what was the process? And that's what we want to give you is the process, the folks who are listening, not so much all the particulars and the I dates and specifics. We're not so, having a history lesson on dates here. We're really yeah, kind of giving an overview. Yeah, you can get those by reading the books we gave you uh, to read. And, and they're not that that uh, detailed. But anyway um, – First of all, we want to see the practical aspect of leadership. There's something about the practical aspect of leading a church, leading anything, that brings along an evolution. You know, sometimes you have to do things that aren't spelled out, say, in Scripture. Right. You know, you have to work through things. Uh, churches Administer have to, things. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, the church does the, – the New Testament doesn't mention pews or sound systems. Right. Or, and that's not what we're Didn't talking about. Didn't have them back but, then. But that's an example. Right. Yeah. So, so the practical aspects of leadership will bring some change, some evolution. The, the question comes, uh, is the evolution – Extra, not only extra biblical but unbiblical. Does it bring with it unbiblical baggage? And that's what we want to look at because that is exactly what can happen. Well, and I think even if we do things that are practical, we have to evaluate the things that we're doing practical. And, and what I right. mean, you you mentioned sound, right? I mean, kind of want to hear so that. That's yeah. good. You yeah. want people to hear the message of the gospel right. and, and the theological things you're teaching, then how to apply it to their lives. But do you need smoke? Y- yeah. y- you know what I'm smoke saying? Smoke mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so Neon lights. And- so I think it behooves the leadership to realize that what are we really trying to accomplish here? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. Are we moving into an entertainment system or are we moving into just being able to practically help people grow in their faith? Are we actually promoting the gospel or promoting ourselves or promoting our our what we want? Right. That sort of thing. That's that's always a good question to ask. What's the point? That's that's a pretty simple question. That leads us to a second thing and what we want to call the the pragmatic aspect of leadership, and they're very. This close. was not necessarily positive, though. Right. But the thing about practical and pragmatic are closely related. I mean, if it's practical, then it can be pragmatic. Right. And, and, and pragmatic is not always bad. Right. But by pragmatic, we mean basically it works. Right. We do stuff that works, and we see this happen as um, 
we see the apostles had those very close to them that, and we're going to talk later about um, where we got our canon, our, our New Testament, and how that came about. But one of the the things we'll bring up in that is that people began to uh, uh, they they accepted books that were either written by apostles or some very close to them. Right. Ah, that's a key point because. Apostles had people close to them. Well, naturally, you're going to think these guys probably have a little more on the ball than the rest right. of us, right? That's, uh, and so we see now certain people getting looked at in a different way. At this time period is what yes, you're talking that's about. Right. Yeah, We're yeah. just talking about right after the first century. I mean, people who who ministered alongside John. So the first hundred years. Lived after him. We're talking yeah. about now 100 and following, yeah. you know, the second century. So you have that, and now what happens is um, about this time you're getting martyred saints. You know, the apostles were all martyred except for John, it looks like. Then others were martyred, like Justin was martyred, and right. others were martyred. Now we begin to look at people who were martyred as more, maybe more spiritual than us more to be venerated. That's the word that got looked up to more than others. While this is happening, you're seeing uh, church, the gospel is is spreading, and we'll talk about that in our next podcast as well. But, well, now you've got churches and people are looking for answers, and maybe even some elders or pastors of small churches are looking for answers to big questions. They might look to a guy who's maybe was close to an apostle or was close to a guy who was close to an apostle or who is elder or pastor of a larger church. We Don't we do that today? Yeah. We do, don't we? That yeah. same kind of thing. Pragmatically, we begin to do things to help us. Instead of look to the Scriptures, we look to people. And then uh, Rome itself is growing like crazy. It's, it's a big – well, it's the center of the empire. You know, it burned and – Probably Peter and Paul were martyred there, and now we look at Rome and the Roman church, and then this uh, idea that Peter was the first pastor or papa or pope of right. the Roman church. These are the things that developed over second, third, fourth centuries and got bigger. Instead of them being squelched, they got bigger and, and became truth. Which gets away from the biblical aspect of leadership that we talk about, which is servanthood. Right. And you know, I not ask, being prideful about our own position or our significance of our position. Well, well, why don't we go there since you mentioned it? Because that's the next point we want to make regarding the evolution of church. That's the prideful aspect of leadership. So let's put all these together. Practically speaking, evolution happens. Change happens. Right. Pragmatically and speaking. And it's good. It's not necessarily bad. Right. Pragmatically speaking, we begin to, to fall into something that works for us. That seems right. In fact, if it seems right, it's probably biblical, right? I mean, we we do that. I mentioned that before in one of our podcasts that because we've gotten into a certain way of doing things in the church, we just figure it's biblical. We've done it that way all along. Isn't that biblical? If you don't do it, they think you're messing up what's right. And you see this happening over a period of time. Now, bishops in certain places are looked up to. And when there's a need for churches to have a question answered, they might have a get-together, and this particular bishop might be looked to for some answer. Maybe he's smarter than us, there's more spiritual, <clears throat> more biblically astute than us, until you go through centuries two, three, and four. Now we're into the 300s and the 400s, and we're approaching 
what is called the Dark Ages or Middle Ages, Rome has uh, has a lot of clout now. Mm. The Roman bishop has a lot of clout. Which we see all the atrocities that happen with that. Yeah. Well, and we're going to talk more about this in Again, and I'm, I'm hope I'm wetting people's appetite, but in the next podcast, along comes, you know, we've had persecution, et cetera, and now along comes Constantine, and we're going to see, we're going to bring more of this to bear upon, on this whole aspect in our next podcast. But Rome is is the place, you know, of importance. It's the center of life. Now. I feel like we didn't get everywhere we need to go, but maybe we're going to go there next time. Well, but what I, we've I, given is a basic overview of how this happened. I, I think what's important is what we can learn from this. And I think we have to be careful. We respect the position of the eldership. We place ourselves under the authority of the eldership. Um, if you have a what I would call a biblical view of church and function, right? that's, that's important. And those who have been hurt by leadership, they struggle with that, and I get that because I've been down that road, I've been there, I've seen it, and it's not pretty at all. But I think the Bible gives us clear instructions on how to deal with that. Maybe easier said than done, but we do have instructions on how to do that. But what I'm trying to say is is that we have to watch our hearts because I think we can get to the point where we think, well, what the pastor said is implicitly right. Well, he may be right. He could be wrong. But we should have the heart of the Bereans who studied the Scriptures yes. daily to see if those things were so. We don't want to implicitly trust. Meaning, or explicitly or trust. Explicitly yeah. trust. Yeah. We want to trust the truth right. that comes from them. We never want unquestioned authority. Right. Well, you know, um, we believe, I believe, I have a Baptistic view of ecclesiology. I believe in a priesthood of the believer. I believe in church authority. And there's a safety net there. When we believe the church is, is that which has the authority. Now, do we have rulers within the church, leaders, overseers? Sure, that's what we just talked about. But they are accountable to Christ, and they are accountable to his church. If they are biblically, theologically, morally, they are accountable to Christ, and they are accountable to the church. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I think this has been a good kind of overview of looking of the evolution between pastor and priest and how we got there. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to dig into the more nuances of that a little bit, not yeah. completely, yeah. Uh, especially when we get into the Catholic Church, and then obviously we move into the Reformation. I think you'll see a lot of where it all ended, uh, and then yeah. where it stayed, because right. we still have the priesthood within the Catholic Church. We can already see the seeds of the Reformation yep. brewing here, Absolutely, too. absolutely. So this has been good. Um, so we have the biblical example, we have the historical evolution, um, and we look forward to just delving into this more uh, over the next several weeks, and we're glad you could join us. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today 
and beyond.